Welcome to the Hacking Happy Podcast, a podcast designed to arm you with the tools and experiments that enable you to define happiness on your terms and inject more of it into each day. I'm your host, Penny Lacasso. I'm the world's first happiness hacker, and I have a bold mission, a mission to teach 10 million humans how to realize happiness on their terms by 2025. So if you're ready to ignite your self-belief and inject more of what makes you feel good into each day, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacking Happy Podcast. What a week it's been. After 200 hours of yoga teacher training, I did my final exam on the weekend and now I'm a fully-fledged yoga teacher at the very beginning of my journey in many ways, but excited about what the future holds. And I share this because I thought, you know what, I might do a little yoga class online every week just to get practice in and uh, get some feedback so I can get better and start teaching classes properly. So I thought today in Melbourne was a beautiful day. So I thought I'll go over to the park and uh, I'll do a 20-minute flow on Insta stories and, uh, yeah, perfect day for it. So I go over, set up my mat, got it all going on, looks beautiful, do my little practice, really happy with how it went, and then go to listen to it. Because I've done it outside, even with the AirPods in, there's so much noise you can barely hear me. And I share this because <laughs> I'm always talking about the magnificence of imperfect experimentation and how it enables us to make progress around things that truly matter to us. But many of us don't lean in to imperfect experimentation because we're scared of things not being perfect the first time we do them, which they really are. So um, I just wanted to share that because it was top of mind. And um, today's podcast is no different. This is another major milestone in my practice of imperfect experimentation as I adapt and evolve off the back of this world that we now live in. And so um, that's where we'll start today. Let me take a breath. I have been doing a lot of work lately on mapping out my vision for the future. And I'm sure I'm not alone here thinking about what the fuck next. I even did a podcast on it a few weeks ago. I've been thinking through the life I want to lead, the way I want to show up and the impact that I seek to have in this world. All things that are truly important to me. And I felt like I was getting close to that sort of vision that really solidified all of those things. When just last week I had a curveball thrown at me, um, the amazing Sarah and Jules who work over at Visibility Co, who you might want to check out there, brilliant in the work that they do in helping women become more visible in the world to enable them to have the impact that they seek. So I last week was doing a session with them and we were looking at these visions that we created and they said, now that you've got your vision, ask yourself, is it big enough? And I went, oh no, <laughs> why is this work so hard and it's never done because it's meaningful and the hard work is the most impactful and uh, there's a reason why it's not easy, right? So they also said, think long and hard about the impact you seek and the legacy you wish to leave. And I was like, oh gosh, like 
I already think a lot about this stuff. Like how could it be any different? How could it be any bigger? How do I look at this through a different perspective? And then they said, consider what makes you perhaps upset in the world, what gets you riled up and then perhaps consider whether you care enough about that thing to want to play a bigger role in making change. And that kind of made sense. And it allowed me to connect then to things that were pissing me off at the moment that I go on about a lot with friends and family. And so this is what came up for me when I looked at what upset me and what really had me riled up at the moment. There was a few things. I started thinking about how upset I have been by my gym, Orange Theory, which I love, my hit classes, and my amazing yoga studio, Lightspace, Lightspace Studios, constantly closing in lockdown. And um, how important these services that allow us to exercise are to our mental health. It also got me thinking about how one of my biggest concerns is that the people that work at these places after four lockdowns here in Melbourne, I don't know what it's like where you are, but how they are not getting paid every time we lock down and how it will only be a matter of time before these amazing services that we need so much, they're so critical to our mental wellbeing, how much longer can they sustain? And what is the impact of them being gone? What is the impact if half our gyms close or, or half our yoga studios shut down because they just can't sustain any longer? Now, that was the first thing I thought about. And I just want to, I suppose, counter this with, yes, I can do online yoga. Yes, I can do my workouts online in lockdown. And I do. And I wonder if you've done that too. But if you have, like me, you will know it is not the fucking same. There is something about being in a physical environment with other human beings that makes an experience 10 times better, in my view, than what it is online. So this also got me thinking about another conversation that I had recently that really upset me and that I've been going on about. And that is we see every single day in Melbourne, the government having media conferences around COVID, announcing the number of cases, restrictions, all of these sorts of things, right? Now, I get that they're sharing the information. I get the information's important. I get that COVID is a massive issue. But what I cannot believe is that there seems to be no proactive education in any of these media conversations that I'm seeing, in any of the really visible public stuff that the government is doing, there is no proactive education on how to help people navigate the uncertainty and build skills that will enable them to create what is known as mental wealth. We are now around 18 months into a pandemic with no end in sight. And there is a very clear opportunity to prioritize skill building in well-being at scale and do it fucking now. So my vision off the back of this challenge from Sarah and Jules, thank you so much, has shifted. My goal is to no longer create a business. I've got hackinghappy.co. Yes, it exists. And it's certainly served its purpose and, you know, and it will continue to, to be there. But my goal is not to create a business and focus on that any longer. It is to create a systemic shift in how we approach and enable sustainable mental well-being in uncertainty. 
Sorry, I just have to take a breath because I get so clearly riled up about this. This is why this struck a chord and shifted my vision. So today I want to explore with you this concept of mental wealth and invite you to actually share your thoughts and ideas with me on how we might put a firecracker up the powers that be to get some serious traction around this. Hey, I thought I might just press pause briefly and ask you a question. Are you a leader with a deep-seated passion for developing adaptable people who thrive both in and out of work? But do you have a team that is busy, burnt out and overwhelmed by uncertainty? If the answer is a massive hell to the yes, why not bring a little hacking happy into your workplace? Check out my new range of keynotes and programs that can help you amplify the potential and most importantly, the happiness of your people. Go to hackinghappy.co to find out more. And now back to the podcast. So let me ask you this. How many people do you know that have experienced mental health issues since the pandemic hit? Or perhaps you yourself have experienced challenges with mental health during the pandemic, and maybe it's the first time. I know I have certainly struggled in a way that I've never experienced before in my 45 years of life. I personally know two people in the last 12 months that have suicided, and I cannot tell you how many more friends of friends I have been told about that have either committed suicide or attempted suicide in the past year. So here's a couple of facts because I, again, when I get curious and interested, I start to do research and look for data. And here is what I've found so far that I thought you might be interested in. Did you know that between March 2020 and Jan 2021, here in Australia, the government provided 11.5 million subsidised mental health related services? 11.5 million. Or did you know that in January, Beyond Blue, one of the peak bodies here in Australia for support in mental health, their contacts had increased by nearly 30% since 2019. 30% increase in people seeking support with their mental health. The number one reason I'm contacted continuously by clients to come and speak to their people is to help them address burnout, anxiety and overwhelm that people are now feeling due to the significant changes in how we work and live. Now, it is still early days and there is not enough known yet about the long-term mental health implications of a pandemic with no end date. I wonder, is it perhaps possible that more people will suffer from long-term mental health issues than from COVID due to lockdowns, reduced mobility, and consistent lack of human connection. I honestly believe it's possible. And I ask, I ask myself, what can I do? What can we do now to proactively support society in avoiding a pandemic, a pandemic that was already underway according to the WHO, the World Health Authority, before COVID hit, a mental health pandemic. So we have a pandemic that is being compounded by another pandemic. So imagine once COVID is over and this mental health pandemic has the dial turned up however many fold. 
which is the reality based on numbers that we're seeing at the moment. And as I said, it is still early days and there is still not enough data out there to show the true mental health implications of what is happening to people in the environment that we live driven by, I think, you know, one, the level of uncertainty, but two, our inability or our lack of skill to be able to effectively navigate uncertainty. So this is where we come to this concept that I mentioned a little earlier of mental wealth. Now, I first stumbled across this or first heard of it from an inspiring woman, and I cannot remember her name because I would love to give her credit, but I know that she came from an organization in New Zealand called Lever, L-E-V-A. I will pop their website in the show notes. Um, And Lever were basically a not-for-profit who were supporting Pacific Islanders in realizing their potential and living their most mentally well lives. So she spoke at a conference that I was speaking at, and it was about two and a half years ago, as I say, that I first heard of this concept. And simply put, she said, learning ways to look after your mental health creates what we call mental wealth. This makes you more resilient and increases your overall well-being. It also means that you are equipped to support your friends and your community to build their mental wealth. So it's like this gift that keeps on giving. She also went on to say, make yourself rich in mental wealth so that you can spend it on taking care of yourself, your friends and your community. God, I love that. Imagine that. We learn how to look after ourselves properly so that we can thrive. But the dividend is not only our own happiness, it's that it then has an on-flow effect to be able to elevate others happiness and ability to navigate life in a way that is well, all round well. Now, it's funny because I've thought a lot about this term mental wealth on and off since then, and I haven't spoken about it. It's kind of been bubbling away in the back of my mind until I got this challenge to make my vision bigger. And I kind of define mental wealth as having an abundance because when you think of wealth, you know, the definition that it speaks to is abundance. So I think of Mental wealth is having an abundance of skills, tools and support systems in place to enable a healthy mind and a truly happy life. It's not to say that you may not feel down or that shit stuff won't happen. It's that you have what you need to navigate these challenges, this uncertainty, both within you and around you. This mental wealth empowers you to not only live your healthiest and happiest life, but it enables you to support others in doing the same. And I think that's where the magic lies. Now, empowering people to navigate uncertainty from a place of meaning, from a place of intention and balance, rather than from a place of fear, is what I do. It is where my soul feels truly connected to showing up every day. And it's equally what I think we need to prioritize as a society. Navigating uncertainty is foundational to our ability to not only survive, but to thrive as a species. And yet it's not part of our education system in a way that is prioritized. It's not part of how we are educating people around how to deal with the pandemic from a mass media perspective, from a government perspective. And so that is where 
I am choosing to show up in terms of my vision. I, as I mentioned earlier, I truly would love to create a systemic change in how we not only look at mental health, but in how we proactively give people the skills to not be able to deal with it when it's a problem, yeah, in the aftermath, but to be able to build the wealth now so that when it does present, they have the toolkit to work through it in a way that enables them to live their most balanced and happy lives. So as I said earlier, my vision is to create a systemic shift in how we approach and enable sustainable mental well-being in uncertainty. Now, I know I'm not alone in this space, right? I know that there are many bodies out there doing work around mental health. What I want to do is try and elevate the education process and look at it through a different lens, one that is proactive rather than reactive, one that helps people build these freaking skills now. So in this week's podcast, I'm not sharing tips and tricks and all of the things that I normally share. Instead, I have an ask, an ask of the beautiful community that I have, of the people that show up each week and listen to this podcast. I don't have the perfect plan to get mental wealth building prioritized by the government, but I do have a vision. I have some serious drive and determination. Anyone who knows me will know that. I have a skill set and a methodology that supports building mental wealth. I have a pretty good network and a wholehearted desire for change that enables people to live their happiest lives. But I need help. I need partners who believe in building mental wealth, who have big ideas, big energy and resources to execute them. Partners who are willing to experiment imperfectly in the spirit of making a real difference in this area. Partners who have connections into politicians that are open and want to shift how we tackle the mental health pandemic. So if by chance this is you or someone you know that might be interested, my ask is that you reach out, that you contact me via hello at hackinghappy.co and let's have a conversation. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. This is, as I mentioned at the start, not only in terms of my yoga journey, but in terms of the next chapter of where I want to take things, this is what I ask of you. And if you feel you can help, please reach out because it's where I'm choosing to put my energy across the future. And it's funny, you know, I'm not, as you would probably know, if you listen, I'm not often lost for words. I don't often ask for help. This is something that definitely puts me outside of my comfort zone, but my heart is telling me now is the time. And uh, it's also telling me this is needed more than ever. So again, if you know any partners that may be interested in collaborating around this concept and shifting the dial, please reach out. Hello at hackinghappy.co. Otherwise, until next week, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Hacking Happy podcast. 
If there was something that ignited a flame or sparked a thought within you from this conversation, please take a screenshot and share it on your preferred social media platform. Feel free to tag me in Hacking Happy Co or Penny Lacalso. Reviews are so important to reaching my goal of making 10 million beautiful humans just like yourself happier. So if you enjoyed your listen, please take a moment, leave a review and a rating on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until the next episode, remember, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now.